Hey, what is up, everybody? It's John Nelson, and you are listening to the Starting Block Podcast. If you're looking for a show that's going to give you the insight into complete athletic development, well, welcome. You have found the right spot. Guys, our mission at the show here, our mission is to give you the tools that you need to win, whether you are the athlete, the parent, or the coach. We want to give you the tools to win so you can succeed, and that is our objective with all of the different types of episodes that we bring to the table. So let's break that down. If you're new to the show, welcome. Here's how we work. We're a little different than your normal podcast. We have three different types of episodes in the big picture of our show. The first type is going to be your Q&A. Q&A is where myself and my co-host, Mandy and Chris Scarborough. What's up, guys? Where the three of us, when Mandy's available, usually it's me and Chris, but Mandy joins us sometimes, where we take the questions that you guys submit to us and uh, we'll answer them here in that episode. Those questions are going to be related to anything that's got to do with strength, speed, performance, nutrition, rehab. We'll tackle it all in those episodes. And those questions can be submitted to Chris. Chris, <laughs> Instagram fast and agile 49. Yeah. And you can reach me at ELP underscore John. I will say that we are close to having a new platform open for you guys to submit everything and go back and see show notes and all that good stuff. So I'll kind of tease that, but we're not ready for it just yet. So you can still reach me at ELP underscore John. The other episode is going to be our Friday fire and fact. That is going to be about 10 to 20 minutes of me speaking on a topic that has to do with athletics or rehab, but more along the lines of the business side of it or the mentality side of it. So it may be more motivational in nature, just something that I feel needs to be out in the open that doesn't quite fit the exercise prescription. The other episode, the final one, is going to be our guest interview and our guest interview is where we bring our colleagues and friends on from across the globe, and they're going to share their stories of success and how they win and what they do with their clients or their patients and their tools to succeed. And that is what today's episode is. And so you probably already know, because like I say in every guest episode, most of you, most of you can probably read and you know who our guest is today. So I would like to introduce a local legend. <laughs> trying to get a lot <laughs> guys i want to welcome local legend mlb ball player and somebody i would like to consider a friend i hope he considers it the same way guys mr brent rooker welcome sir yeah good to be here guys yeah. i'm excited yeah, about welcome. it yeah, like local legend is used loosely there i hope so oh <laughs> <laughs> well, you are man like when i say uh brent rooker everybody lights up like oh wow, he's over there. I'm like, yeah, man, Brent. Yeah. He's great dude. Yes. He's a local legend. So no, man, for those of you who, uh, you know, don't know, um, you know, Brent, um, you know, Brent, uh, plays right now for the, uh, for the Oakland A's. Uh, he's been working with us for a couple months now here at ELP and man, we just wanted to bring you on and, and have you share your story a little bit and, you know, um, just give us a little bit of insight into what this off season has been like and, and kind of share the story of what it's been like to, you know, been on your journey. Yeah, it's been fun, man. This offseason has been great. Um, from a training perspective, I feel really good about what we've done, what we've accomplished. Um, kind of some of the things we've checked off for me heading off into this, into this next season. Um, just put me in the best spot to succeed. This will be my 
I guess, sixth full season in pro ball. Um, I think that's right. Fifth or sixth full season with obviously that half season after the draft, but um, it's been a, it's been a, been a fun journey for me. Kind of been all over the place the last 12 months. Um, started last season with Minnesota and then got traded from there to San Diego, traded from San Diego to Kansas city. And then um, Oakland picked me up early this off season. So just been kind of bouncing around. Um, haven't really had the, the consistent success I've been looking for at the major league level. Um, the last three years I've been back and forth between the major leagues and AAA, just kind of trying to find that spot and that, that team that gives me the opportunity to kind of take it and run with it um, and establish myself uh, at that level. So I can, I can stay and stick a little bit, which I think I can do. And I'm confident I can do going into this next season, but it's been fun. I'm enjoying the ride, enjoying, you know, everything that comes with playing pro ball and, and getting to travel around and, and playing different areas, different cities. So it's been a good time. So most uh, people, you know, most people, I guess, other than, unless they've been at ELP, wouldn't even wouldn't know how we met. And quite frankly, if it weren't for Gary, I, I don't know. If, I mean, maybe we would have met one day, but you actually found out about us through Gota. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so coming into this offseason, uh, I had I'd had some buddies kind of the last year or two get really into the go to stuff and love it, have a lot of success with it, um, kind of thrive under that under their style of training and some of their principles. And so I was looking into doing that um, starting, you know, mid, mid season last year, that's kind of my plan going into the season was kind of dive into it and kind of see what it was all about. And then I guess the week before I was heading down to see Gary initially, they posted you on their Instagram. And so I, I, I saw the tag and I knew I recognized the, the, uh, the, the account being elite level performance. I knew I had seen it somewhere, not really sure where, and obviously being from Germantown, um, I had just seen it because you had trained a bunch of guys that I knew and, and, and played with in high school or in college or whatever. So I saw that they had tagged you and kind of clicked on it and, and realized you had kind of gone through the certification and were becoming well-versed in it, kind of learning it and starting to implement it in your training. So when I, when I found that out, it just kind of made a lot of sense for me to jump over and, and, and come to you guys and start working out there, you know, after seeing Gary initially going through that initial, uh, um, evaluation and assessment, uh, we were able to communicate real well. Um, we kind of, kind of nailed down what I need to work on in the areas I could improve. And then I kind of, I, I thought it'd be just a perfect fit and perfect for me moving back to Germantown this off season. I've lived in, uh, Franklin, just outside Nashville the past four years. This is my first off season back in Germantown. I was looking for a place to train and it just kind of all worked out perfectly well where I saw you guys getting into go at the same time I was looking, I was looking to do the same and it just, it just kind of worked out, um, with really good timing. Yeah. Yeah. It really was a good timing thing. And we were talking before the show. Well, actually, just, uh, you know, if Gary or go to guys are listening, I'm giving you guys all your credit. I'm wearing your hat right now. If you're not watching it, just so you guys know. So I you know, appreciate you guys connecting us, but uh, we were talking before the show that, um, you know, I think one of the things that I was so intrigued with about you, Brent, was the fact that of all the pro Olympic level guys, even, even college guys, I mean, that I've worked with and girls, I say guys, but you know, everybody over the years, your, your knowledge on training, I I was really, really impressed with. I mean, we were joking, like you could probably train a lot of people better than most in our industry, (laughs) you know? um, So like what, what type of stuff have you done over the years? Like, We'll definitely hit on the go to stuff again, but like from when you went to Mississippi State to what you've seen at different levels in the league, I mean, what has the training been like? Yeah, um, you know, anything that I know, anything I can I converse and knowledgeable in is just kind of a a, a byproduct and just kind of um, 
you know, it's, it reflects me being around very smart people um, throughout my career. Um, I, I played three sports in, in high school. So obviously when you play high school football, the, the training and the weightlifting is obviously a little more focused on than it is just playing baseball. Um, so kind of got a good foundation there, kind of know what I was doing and, and um, just, you know, being a, a skinny, you know, young high school kid wanting to be a good football player. Like it kind of comes with weight room. That's a very important aspect of it. And that was, I was very, um, very big into it then. And then going to college um, at Mississippi State, Brian Neal was my strength coach there for for four years. Who We have a great relationship. I'm still very close with him. He's now the head of um, all Olympic sports at Virginia Tech. Um, so he's obviously, obviously very knowledgeable and then a, a great resume on him. So I worked hard with him for four years. That first year I was in school was a big one for me because um, I redshirted. And so I spent that whole spring just basically in the weight room. Um, five days a week, just really getting after it, trying to get stronger, trying to get faster, trying to get more athletic. And he did a great job with me there and kind of developed that way. And then getting into pro ball, I've been around some great strength coaches, um, whether it's Jacob Dean, who was with the Twins. I was with him for several years. Um, Phil Hart was with the Twins for uh, several years. I was with him. And, and now I'm with San Diego and Kansas City, and I'm looking forward to getting to know the Oakland guys. But I've just been around um, a lot of very smart people. And I enjoy working out. I enjoy training. I enjoy learning about it. So I just try to do my best to when I'm around these guys who have a ton of knowledge um, to just kind of soak it in and, and kind of learn on my own because it is something that interests me. So if it's something that interests me and it's something that's very important to my job, obviously important to my profession and my development, then I'm going to try to learn as much as I can and, and um, you know, put in the work when I need to. So Chris, I, go ahead. I was going to actually ask you a question, Chris, but go for it. Yeah. What were you saying? Well, uh, my question kind of goes along the lines of, well, first of all, let me kind of explain who I train. I have typically middle school to high school baseball players. I got a whole bunch of baseball players. Sure. Yeah. At what? At about what level were you when you realized, hey, I'm pretty good at this. I got a good shot. And in, in other words, like, or, or when did you start having people start approaching you and saying, hey, I think you're, you know, I think you're collegiate material. I think you're pro material. When did you sort of know that? Yeah, that's a that's a really good question. And for me, um, kind of at every stage of my career, I've kind of been a late developing guy, right? So growing up playing travel ball, I was never the best player on my team. I was never the best player in the area. Um, I was always solid, you know, obviously a decent player, good enough to continue to play at advanced levels. But I was never the dominant guy um, when I was in elementary school, middle school growing up. I get to high school and I did. I mean, I played varsity as a freshman but again like I was never the best player on my team until probably my senior year of high school I didn't have a ton of college interest until my junior season I say and at that point up until I started getting SEC baseball looks which is surprising to me at the time I thought I was gonna play college football that's what I wanted to do um, I thought I was I was probably a better high school football player than I was a high school baseball player um, when you just kind of look at it. Um, so that's that's what I loved and it's what I wanted to do. And then I kind of started getting interest from SEC schools into my junior season and really, which surprised me, honestly. And I'd tell the story. It's just kind of a joke. But Mississippi State offered me um, to come play baseball. And I committed very quickly because in my mind, they had made some massive mistake and didn't know what they were doing. I wanted to, I wanted to, I wanted to commit before they like kind of realized that they messed up and took away the offer. So I was like, yeah, sure. Like I'll come play for you guys, I guess. I don't know what you see in me or what you're doing, but I, yeah, I mean, that works for me. So um, that's kind of how I, that obviously I committed to Mississippi State like that. I get to college. And at this point in my mind, like college baseball for me is just a way to go to school, um, get school paid for for four years, get a degree. I want to go to law school, move on, just kind of move on with my, my life after playing college baseball. I get to school that first year. Um, 
go through fall, fall practices, fall scrimmages, and get like two hits the entire fall. And I'm like, I am in just way over my head. Like I, I was right. I have no business being here. I start looking at D2 schools to try to transfer out and go back and play football like at a D2 level because I thought that's what I wanted to do. That's what I could do. And then I, I get the have my, my end of fall meeting with our head coach, um, John Cohen, who's the AD at Auburn now. And his message just kind of looked like, we like you. We want you to stay. We think you're going to develop. We think you're going to be good. You can, you can, you know, have the red shirt the spring or you can transfer, go play Juco, try to come back and kind of do whatever you want to do. And I just, I'd made, um, made a ton of friends. Obviously I like the school. I like where I was. So I made a decision. If I'm going to keep continue with baseball and keep playing baseball, I'm going to stay here and just try to rat it out and see what happens. So I redshirt that next year, my redshirt sophomore year. I play very spare. I mean, redshirt freshman year, excuse me. I play very sparingly. I get some at bats, do okay, don't play a ton. Um, go off, play summer ball, play well in the New England Collegiate Baseball League up in Plymouth, Massachusetts. Come back for my redshirt sophomore year, which would be my third year on campus, second year playing, and have a good season. Um, I was, I guess, second team all SEC. Like, I put up some good numbers. Um, and it, it's at that point. So my third year at college was the first time that, like, playing professionally ever became like a realistic option for me. So it had been, I'm 21 years old, I guess, at that time. It's kind of up until this point, college baseball, just a way for me to get a degree and move on. And now it's at this point where I've developed these three years at Mississippi State where I started getting some professional interest. I, I played well that summer. Like I said, I had a good season that spring. Um, so go into that, the draft, my after my redshirt sophomore year, I get picked real late. I'm a 38th round pick. Um, Minnesota Twins took me at 38th round. There's 40 rounds in the draft at that time, so 38th round. So very, very late. Um, I opt to not sign, go back to school. I go play in the Cape Cod League, have another good summer. And then I come back to my redshirt junior year, which is my fourth year on campus. And that's kind of when I, I kind of went off, had a real big season, and kind of catapulted up the draft and was picked pretty high that, that next summer. But all that to say, um, for me, it was always very late, right? Like I said in high school, I didn't think I had any business coming to Mississippi State. I just committed because I thought they messed up and I wanted to go there. Um, I get to campus. I'm like, wow, I have no business being here. And then I just kind of continuously developed after that. So I think that's a unique, a little bit in a way to me. I mean, not just specifically to me, but to me and some other guys. Because a lot of guys who, who make it to the big leagues kind of know that that's what they're going to do. from You know, freshman, sophomore year of high school, they're kind of this super highly touted, you know, prospect, well-recruited by everybody get picked out of high school, don't go, go to college or whatever. And I was kind of different and then I developed later. Um, and it took just kind of more, I don't want to say hard work because I know everybody works hard, but it just kind of took a little bit more dedication for me maybe just because I'm, I don't have the natural talent ability that a lot of guys have. And it took a little bit more learning, more adapting, more adjusting for me to kind of get where I am than maybe other guys. Yeah, that's – well, when you start – when you start really putting your time into it, I guess you, you almost have to choose two paths. <laughs> you know, it's either, uh, wow, I think I really am good enough or, you know, yeah. and, and really go for it. Um, or you're like, yeah. Hey, you know, like you said, I, I'm going to go with my you know plan a and Hey, I'm, I'm, right. I'm going to go back to law school, whatever. But it, yeah, I guess at some yeah. point, if you kind of begin to realize that, Hey, I've got that pro potential or whatever, it's almost like, well, I either got to kick it into that next gear or I have to kind of go with plan A, which is, you know, sure. yeah. <laughs> whatever. So, uh, but, th but that is interesting because I think a lot of times we have kids uh, kind of on both ends of the spectrum. Either they have sort of delusions of grandeur that, hey, I've got to be, be mm -hmm. the best in ninth grade 
or else I got no shot. Yeah. Or yeah. we have the opposite end of, you know, I'm really barely making this elite travel ball team or I have to go find, you know, you know, tier two travel ball team or tier three or whatever. And because I'm not good enough to play for this other team and mm-hmm. maybe they shouldn't be writing themselves off. You know, if I'm in ninth no, or 10th grade. Yeah. That's absolutely correct. I just, being around the game for so long and playing with so many different guys, you just see guys develop at so many different stages of their career. There's guys that I've played with in pro ball who were, you know, like they signed as late round draft picks, right? And then they get the professional, the professional level. And for whatever reason, their game translates to that level, to that level of, of play extremely well. And they have a ton of success and they get to the big leagues and have long careers. And then there's guys who, were the best players when we were, when I was 13, 14 years old. And, you know, they don't ever really make it very far in the game just because it's, you never know when you're done developing. You never know at what rate you're developing. Everybody's different as far as mental capacity, emotional capacity, physical capacity, when you grow, when you get big, when you get strong, when you kind of grow into that coordination that ultimately leads you where you want to go. So that's kind of the, 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 the message I try to deliver is that you never really know when you're developing. And if it's something you want to do and it's something you're passionate about, just, continue to pursue it, continue to learn as much as you can and, and, and make adjustments and, and get better and better because you don't really know what your ceiling is going to ultimately end up being. Right. <laughs> yeah, you know, with that, you made you made an interesting comment. I tried to wrote a, write a note down. I may not get it, you know, verbatim what you said, but you said you didn't, you felt like you didn't have a lot of natural, like, talent there at, at some point. But if you were a dual sport athlete, you know, and you and I went to the ha- same high school too. I'm, I'm quite a bit older than you, so I mean, I know who you were playing against. You know, in high school, and I, I know the you know the athletes that are in the area, and you were obviously getting looked at by you know state, you know as well. Mm-hmm. So if you didn't have the natural talent, which I guess is skill, you clearly had the athleticism, though. Yeah, yeah, and that's that's something I try to preach to kids a lot because I mean I, I'm like you, you know, Chris. We've talked about it. You know, we have a lot of high school and middle school kids. And, you know, Brent, you've, you've, you train in the morning with us, and so you haven't really run into, you know, as many of them. But, you know, I talk to them all the time about, like, skill is clearly important. Like, yes, absolutely. But I feel like there's been a massive, massive push at a young age where everything has to be skill, 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 skill. And the athleticism side of stuff is just neglected. And it's like, you're kind of a story point in case. It's like, no, if you have the athleticism, the skill will come. Yeah. Yeah. I am um, kind of speaking to that. Like I, I, whenever I'm asked, I, I encourage kids to play as many sports as they can for as long as they can. I mean, I played all three in high school. I played basketball as well. And speaking directly to that, I know baseball is a sport that kind of people want to specialize in very, very early, right. um, which I don't think in most cases is a very good idea because I just think you're missing out on so many opportunities and, and so many different environments that you could develop yourself as a more complete athlete and kind of hone those skills down the road. Like you're talking about where you're not playing the other sports. And that's, I mean, that's a case by case, case by case basis. Obviously if you're talking to a kid and the only sport he likes is baseball, he doesn't enjoy playing football. He doesn't enjoy playing basketball, soccer, whatever, but yeah, like just play baseball. But sure. if you like playing other sports and you're good enough at those sports to contribute and enjoy contributing and enjoy playing them, I think you should continue to pursue those things and play them as long as possible just to get that extra development as an all-around athlete. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree with you. I agree with you on that. I mean, you know, I've shared, you know, the story of, you know, my stepdaughter and things like that. And what, what, Mandy, seventh, sixth, seventh grade, she's like, I just want to play softball. Well, yeah, okay, man. cool. Go, go for it. For sure. Yeah, play just, yeah, yeah exactly. but you're going to be in the gym. You're going to be in the gym yeah. twice a week, basically, for yeah. the rest of your career, you know. 
And so, yeah, yeah we'll say up to that point though, she, she had played everything at one point yeah. from basketball to volleyball. I mean, she swam a little bit like it, it was, she tried everything. And yeah. honestly, I thought softball, she was just a go-go kid. I thought she'd be bored to death sitting out, you know, picking grass <laughs> when she was yeah. seven, eight years old, but that was the one she gravitated towards. So what do I know? But yeah, that's yeah. the point. Like up, up to that age, right. Don't, don't not play like sixth grade football because you think it's going to make you worse at baseball. If you don't want to play sixth grade football or sixth grade basketball or whatever, don't play it if you don't want to. But if you want to, don't not do it because you think it's going to be a detriment to your baseball development or vice versa or whatever it is. As long as you enjoy playing the sports, keep playing them as long as you can. Yeah. But it's almost what we see across the country, at least here in the States. Now, maybe it's a little different outside of the States. I don't really know. But you see the integration of more technology, more tools to try to hone in on this specialization. So it's like now kids are six, sixth, seventh, eighth grade, and they're on, you know, all the slow-mo video, you know, looking at their mechanics and, you know, trying to break it down from mechanical standpoints. And that's what's causing flaws. And, and so it's like the, the direction of everything is the exact opposite of what, you know, people really need to be doing. Like, yeah. you know, we need to build the athleticism side yeah. of stuff more so than anything. Yeah. And there's a big, um, baseball argument around that very thing where, you know, you always hear the old adage, like learn to hit and then power comes later. And I, I'm, I think it's the exact opposite. I think you spend as a kid, you develop as much speed as you can, you develop as much strength as you can, you develop as much power as you can, and then you learn how to utilize those tools and kind of hone them in skill wise later down the road. Um, I think, you know, if I, if I have a son at some point, um, the first 12, 13 years of his life, the only instruction I'll give him would be, I would just need you to hit this ball as far as you possibly can. Right? We're just going to let, let his body kind of Nikolai Bernstein, it, just kind of figure it out on his own um, biomechanically. Um, and we're just going to learn to develop power, develop speed, and then we'll develop, we'll hone those things in down the road as he kind of gets, matures into his body and gets through puberty and all that stuff. And he kind of gets to a point where, we know how big he's going to be. We know what, you know, what his, what his um, physical attributes look like as far as kind of the developing him into whatever kind of um, player it's going to be. But I just think it's so important as a young kid to develop as much athleticism and speed as power as you can. What, Nikolai Bernstein reference. Holy cow. Yeah, I dropped the name <laughs> on you there. Yeah. That's impressive. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, the um... – you know, it, it is kind of interesting. Of course, I come from a from a conditioning background, so you know I'm right there with you as far as you know. Hey, let's develop, you know, absorb force, create force, you know, create force quickly. Mm-hmm. The whole, you know, I, I, yeah, I'm into that whole mm-hmm. thing. Um, you know, but but what's interesting is is that, and John and I have has dis- we've discussed this at length and in detail, and we probably do it once a week at least, and that is. We have a crazy number of injuries, and not to make myself sound old, but we never saw, I never saw a stress fracture ever when I was a kid, ever. Not, I mean, never saw it. I'm not saying it never happened. I just never saw it. We had growing pain type injuries, and we had contact injuries. Somebody hit you, or you hit the ground, or something. That was it. You did not have stress. Okay, maybe diagnostics weren't that great. I don't. I don't know. But I, I can. T- I can say for certain nobody ever had back injuries like they do today. Um, we, for example, saw this past summer, we had twenty-eight kids. Eighteen of them were new. Of those eighteen new kids we saw this past summer, six of them had some history of stress fracture, 
or stress injury. So I don't know that it was necessarily I don't think it was it was training too soon. I think it was training improperly. So in your history, whether it be at school or whatever, I mean, do you feel like that you were able to avoid most of those um, common weight room injuries, I, I guess we could say, uh, because it, things are so common now? Or, you know, have you seen it in others, other people, other athletes? I mean, what's been your experience with that? Yeah, um, I mean, I've been pretty fortunate. Um, the two only two times I've missed significant time um, from any sport is I got hit in the hand and broke it, and I got hit in the arm and broke it. Both hit by pitches. Contact. Um, broke my third. Yeah, <laughs> contact exactly. Injury, contact right. injuries. Exactly right. what it is. Something that you just can't control at all. But besides that, um, I've been able to stay pretty healthy, and I, I like to think that that's, I mean, um, attributed to spending the proper amount of time in the weight room doing what I needed to do to stay healthy. Obviously, there's a huge benefit to that, but. Um, yeah, I think I remember, especially in middle school, when, when, when people grow so quickly, you see all the stress fractures in the backs and, and, and whatever. And those are normally um, people kind of, I think, playing the same sport repeatedly year round while growing. So you're just kind of doing the same motions over and over and over and over again and not differentiating yourself athletically while you're going through all these massive changes in your body. And I think that's where a lot of those injuries come from. Yeah. I was going to kind of piggyback on that as far as um, contributing the or I should say decreasing the risk of injury by playing multiple sports. Like mm -hmm. Brent just said, playing, doing different movement patterns, different activities, different things that require different muscle groups. Yep. I think the kids that play different sports don't need, at least at an early age, the weight room, you know, as much. And I've heard John tell parents all the time, you know, when they call, ask about training, you know, 11, 12, 13 year old, man, just, just get outside and play, play as much, yeah. play everything yep. you can. And then, you know, we'll talk, we'll talk a little later on down the road. Um, would you say you kind of see that too in yourself as far as having the ability to, you know, play a bunch of different sports, a bunch of different movements and save the training for when a little bit later on when you're starting to, to focus more on Yeah, strength for sure. I think specifically, I'm speaking specifically to baseball just because that's what I do, but you see a ton of those injuries from just kids at 11, 12, 13, just throwing year round, never putting the ball down, right? Just repeatedly wear on their arm while they're, like I said, while they're going, while they're growing, I mean, five, six inches in a year at some, some, some kids um, during this time and doing, you know, a very stressful throwing motion while your body goes through those kind of changes just year round is going to be, is going to be killer. And it's going to lead to a ton of those injuries. And I, I do, I, I, I totally agree with what you said. I played at least three sports all the way up until high school and then played three in high school as well. Um, so I didn't start like tra formal training regiment in the weight room until, um, high school football started, which would have been when I was 15, 14, 15 years old. That's kind of the first time I got introduced to the weight room just because I was able to adapt quickly to it. I think because like you said, I, I played three, four sports growing up. I used different muscle groups. I train or used different movement patterns, um, in those sports. And so the, the, the transition and kind of adaptation period into like a formal training regimen and formal training program wasn't nearly as difficult for me. Right. I still, to this day, not, not that I'm any good at it, but I would, I would say one of the best things in the world to uh, develop athleticism is play defense in basketball. Oh yeah. <laughs> Just general athleticism. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Hey bro, I want to dig into the nutrition side of it a little bit. You know, I know this off season, you know, we spent, you know, a, a considerable amount of time, you know, dialing in, you know, your diet, 
you know, you look great, you feel great. Kind of share with everybody what you've done, you know, this off season and, and when did that become important to you? What was it like in high school? Yeah. Um, so, so much of my life until I'm going to say probably that year after I redshirted all my high, my high school went in, in, into early college was just spent me trying to gain weight. Right. Cause I was, I was skinny. I was athletic, like I said, but I was just naturally skinny and needed no one needed to get bigger and stronger to kind of do what I wanted to do and, and reach my full potential. So you know, during the high school, obviously, it's just trying to eat whatever you can, gain weight. Um, I get to college, start dialing in a little bit more as we kind of work with our nutritionists and our, our, our team specialists and things like that to kind of get where I wanted to be. And then in pro ball, it kind of, it just because it falls on you, right? Like you're you're in charge of your own career, you're in charge of your own body, you're in charge of your own diet. And in, uh, in, in the past, last few years, not including this year, I would spend the off season trying to gain weight back that I lost during the season. Um, to get back to where I wanted to be for spring training. And this past year, for whatever reason, I did a better job eating in season and didn't actually lose weight in season. So I kind of came into the off season with just the goal that I wanted to focus my nutrition and my diet on just fueling my workouts as best I could. I knew I was at a good weight. I was happy with the weight that I was at. Um, and just needed to kind of hover around there. So I was able to kind of really hone it in on just eating what I needed to, to for recovery um, in order to get the most out of my workouts. Because, I mean, the 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 way you program me for this offseason is kind of getting into some GOTA stuff naturally. It's been a little bit more cardio-intensive than I've been used to in the past, um, just by the nature of some of the GOTA exercises and, and some other things we've done. Um, not speaking, like, to a separate cardio and sprinting, things like that, but just, like, the, the weight room workouts themselves are a little bit more cardio-intensive. So I've been – yeah. Um, I've just been kind of eating in a way that lets me, like I said, refuel and, and, and recover as best I can and kind of fuel my workout so I get the most out of it as possible. And the, the nutrition is another thing I like to learn about. So with the training side of it, the nutrition side of it, it's all things that I, I'll watch stuff about, I'll read stuff about, and I kind of like hearing different theories and different trains of thought and different thought processes on those things and kind of just be as well-versed as I can be um, on these different things that obviously directly affect my career and, and, my, and my profession. Mm-hmm. What's it look like for you? in season i get asked all the time now from high school kids you know like what what do i eat before games how you know how do i prep for that and so what's it like for you you know in the league nutrition yeah, um it's obviously when you when i am up and i'm spending time with the big leagues playing there the the food is very good so you kind of have whatever you want to eat at your disposal all the time which is a big perk and and we get pretty spoiled um but normally it's I mean, I'll try to eat breakfast. A lot of times, if you play a late game, it's it's tough to get out of bed before ten or eleven. I'm not gonna lie. If you're not getting back to the hotel till midnight, and you're you know trying to still wind down from a seven o'clock game, you're not getting to bed till one or two or whatever it is. Um, waking up and eating an early breakfast is tough, but I do try to do that. And then for me, it's it's I never want to sit down. Maybe post game, but anything pre game, I never want to sit down and just eat a huge meal. So I'll eat in the morning eat something small right when I get to the field and maybe a snack after BP and then like a small pregame meal or something. So for, it's just important for me during those days to break it down into four five, six, whatever it is, smaller meals. So I'm not trying to eat a ton of calories or a ton of carbs or a ton of protein at one time, just to make it easier on myself, just kind of eat smaller, bigger than snacks, but not quite a full, a full meal kind of throughout the day is kind of what, what I've found helps me feel my best um, through all the pregame stuff and then into the game and stay full through the game and feel energized when you get to, you know, 10, 10, 30, and it's that seventh, eighth, ninth thing. Just make sure you've got enough left in the tank is, is kind of what I found works best for me. What are your go-tos? Um, I mean, just boring chicken and rice is, is <laughs> obviously just super easy. Um, at, you know, at the field, obviously spreads are taken care of normally. I eat a ton of bananas. I think I love bananas. I think they, they do a good job. Just kind of, it's quick energy, keeps you from cramping when it's hot and things like that. But 
Um, any kind of chicken is good with me. I, I do prefer red meat when it's available. Just, I just that's just a taste thing. So I'll eat that a ton. Um, PB and J is always good if you're feeling lazy and, and don't really want to go through this I, whole the uncrustables. Thing. Yeah, <laughs> uncrustables during games are great. I will eat an uncrustable during game for sure. Um, if it gets to sixth inning and I'm hungry, I'll go hammer an uncrustable from the fridge. Absolutely. <laughs> great, great. Um, <laughs> I really, we're going to edit that part out. They are hungry. They are. There's no need to, for Uncrustable be a staple in your diet. But we do have them available for like if we get into it. From the man you know, carrying around food. Captain Crunch yeah. Yeah. Hey. during his workout. Hey, I got some food in the, in the seventh inning. Then Uncrustable is not a bad option. <laughs> what, about, uh, what about from the supplement side of things? Like I know everybody's trying to, you know, use creatine and protein powders to put some size on it, you know, at that age. And you know, when did you, you know, start supplementing with things like that? And what's it look like for you now? Um, I mean, I think, you know, obviously you know, the, the muscle milk stuff in high school and you're, when you're trying to just something to drink after workouts or, or after football practice or whatever, and try to get some calories and protein. And for me, it's just, I mean, now it's some kind of caffeine before workout, whether it's coffee, whether it's pre-workout, just kind of whatever it is, just try to get a certain amount of caffeine and pre-workout and then creatine and, and protein is kind of all I use. I mean, not, not including I mean, vitamin D, fish oil, all that stuff, but just strictly talking like training supplements, just those three things, just some kind of caffeine, some kind of creatine, some kind of protein is kind of the, the three that I think you need to, to kind of maximize. Obviously, there's other things you can do, but um, those are just the three main ones that kind of maximize what you're doing. Yeah. It's yeah. I mean, the, the, ba- the basics, right. The I mean, basics, keeping it simple, yeah. the basics. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I think, you know, a lot of young athletes think there's some, you know, magic powder out there, Absolutely, yeah. you know, and it's like you're, you're living proof. It's the same thing. Like, no, it's the, it's the simple basics. Yeah. You've got to get your food in, like get yeah. your food and in. I, I mean, I've, I've been, obviously I had those phases in high school. I'd go to GNC twice a week and try to find some new thing that was going to, yeah. you know, make it easy and, and put the weight on me that I wanted to have on me. But in the end, it's just eat enough calories. I mean, it's, if you want to gain weight, you got to eat a lot of carbs. got to eat more carbs than you think you do. If you're trying to gain weight, you got to have enough protein to fuel your workouts and, and besides, like the supplement stuff I'm talking about, just have energy for your workout so you get a good workout in, and then get the protein and creatine and recover from them, and that's really all you need. I'm, do you have some recovery favorites? Like, do you have things that you make sure you do specifically uh, yeah, recovery in, days off, days on, sort of thing? Um, I can speak directly in season that a little bit, just because we're playing every day. Um, I do like Normatec type boots a lot. Um, I love contrasting hot and cold tubs. I do that just about every day, right when I get to the field, um, just to kind of get the blood flowing, um, wake the body up a little bit. I would say those are my two things. Some kind of compression boot, I do a ton, and I spend a lot of time with the cold tub and hot tub throughout the day, just kind of depending on what I'm trying to do. All right, I have a two-part question, and (laughs) I can only remember one of them right now, but I had it in the back of my head a second ago. All right, but number one, one I do remember, and that is, is your this is all, uh, this is changing subjects? But is your uh, your school background in motor learning or kinesiology? No, it's neither. I have a <laughs> I have a, a business administration degree and I have a marketing degree, but I don't have the, I did. I was very bad at science, so I, I was always in high school, growing up, middle school, whatever. I was very much oriented to English reading literature and then math and science is just not how my brain okay. works. So I, 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 I tended to stay away from science-based courses and math-based <laughs> courses when I could. Um, 
but no, I, my, my schooling is in business. Um, I think the kinesiology part of it just kind of directly applies or applies so directly to what I do and me trying to be good at what I do. Yeah. Well, well, when you said Bernstein, I was like, Oh my gosh, there's a deep dive right there. No, that was, I, I did read a bunch of his stuff at one point in college just cause I was during that time, I was kind of trying to reinvent my swing a little bit. Um, I'd had this success in, like I said, the, my, my third year on campus, second year playing, I had had some success, had a good season. I just kind of had this feeling or this knowledge and this feeling that I could be much, much better. I just needed to change a few things. And so I was kind of trying to reinvent my swing. And I found myself studying a lot of biomechanics and a lot of movement patterns and, and things like that. And that's when I kind of came across that, what is that, the direct wording, but, or the exact wording, but the, the body will organize itself in accordance with the overall goal of the activity, I think is what the principle says. And for me, that's kind of where the, the external cues come from, um, from a baseball perspective, talking about if I just tell a nine-year-old kid, hey, I'm going to toss you this ball, I need you to hit it as far as you possibly can. And that's his only thought without any other coaching that his body is going to kind of take over and just do what it naturally feels like it needs to do in order to accomplish right. that's, that goal. And that's, and that's it, ultimately that's going to be the most efficient pattern for him to work within that's going to allow him to have the most success in trying to accomplish which, that. Which is a, a motor learning as opposed to exactly. a biomechanical. Yep. Mm-hmm. I mean – it involves mechanics, yeah. but yes, yeah, so it's more of a motor learning sure, sure, sure. Uh, process. Yeah. But it did have yeah. a. Obviously, I'm not well versed enough to differentiate between all right. the terms. I just, <laughs> just kind of know. It's all good. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. all good. But it, but I did yeah, have a yeah, question, yeah. and of course, this almost this is probably almost a cliche question. But one of my parents actually did want me to ask you this. Uh, one of the parents of my of the kids I train that is, uh, and they wanted me to ask mm-hmm. you. I mean, so now, okay, you you were a kid and you played all these sports and whatever growing up and. Clearly, we got a lot of people. They're going to listen to this or watch this this interview, and they're going to be like, "Well, well I want to be there. You know, I want to get to that major league level." I, and and I, you know, like I said, maybe I'm not the best player on my team, but I, you know, I have this desire. What what kind of uh, you know what kind of advice are you going to give them? I would say the biggest thing for me is just don't stop learning or wanting to learn. Right, so it just kind of gets to a point where or I've had these, I've had these different points along my career where I've been good and obviously not the, not the best, not great, but I've been good, very solid. It would have been easy to kind of be complacent and just kind of sit there and be a good player. But I always just felt like I could be better. And I wanted to learn why I wasn't better or why I wasn't the best on my team. So I kind of kept pursuing this knowledge, trying to learn, you know, watching video of guys who are in the big league, trying to learn what they do different with their swing that I don't do with my swing, watching guys my own age who are better than me, you know, what they do better than me, why they're having more success than I am, and just kind of take those things that I learned and apply them to my game in order to continue to get better. Um, so I think there's a lot to be said, obviously, about hard hard work physically, about going to the field, putting in the swings, putting in the reps, you know, whatever sport you're playing, putting in the shots if you're playing basketball, putting in the throws if you want to be a quarterback, putting in the swings if you're playing golf. But there's also a ton of value and just trying to learn yourself and learn what people who are better than you do different than you do, and then try to do those things, right? So it's just, it's knowing your strengths, knowing your weaknesses, and then recognizing where your areas of improvement are, watching people who are better at those things than you are, and then trying to copy them or make what you do look closer to what they do in order to get better. Excellent. That's great advice. Yeah. Um, I, I'm kind of now I'm like you, Chris. I thought I had, I had one other question in the back of my head and I just went blank, man. We're, we, we're, on, man? we should, we need to stop calling these interviews. Like this is, this is not an interview. There's a reason we don't do this professionally, uh, <laughs> but uh, no, I mean, I think we covered, I think we covered a lot of ground. I think Brent, I mean, he gave some, some great advice there. I mean, you know, we've, we've been getting after it really hard, you know, this off season. 
um, you're just in a few months, like just to see how your body moves compared to way, the way it did, you know, I guess back when we started, what, September, October, mm-hmm. yep. you know, like, I mean, you're, you're, you're moving fluid, you feel good, you're healthy. Like that's, I mean, that, that's just huge, you know? And, um, you know, I, I just, I really like, uh, I really like everything that, you know, we've put together and I really do feel like you're, you're, uh, you're getting ready to have a great season, dude. Yeah. Great yeah, season. Well, I'm a new Brent Rooker fan, you know, so uh, yeah, I'll be praying yeah. for you. <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, we'll, uh, we'll pretty much, we'll wrap it up. We're getting tight on time now anyways, but, uh, you know, man, I, I did want to say like, you know, I've talked to you, you know, in person in the gym, but I, I want to put it on the podcast as well that like, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you in the facility, man. And I, I got to say like, you know, genuinely like this is one of the, one of the best times of my career, like having you in here, just your professionalism and your understanding of it and just your work ethic. And guys, if y'all are listening, if you you need somebody to look up to, like Brent's the type of guy you need to follow. He, he does the basics. He does them perfectly. And, you know, um, yeah, I would say he I listens to me, that. but I don't really know if that's true. But. No, that's absolutely <laughs> true. That's absolutely true. I've learned a ton. I appreciate you saying those things. Um, I've, I've enjoyed this offseason. I love what we've done training-wise, and I think I'm in a good spot heading into the season. I want to say one thing. Um, I was listing the kind of the, the strength coaches I've been around in the past that kind of have helped me learn a bunch of stuff, and I left out um, Dave Ray. I have no idea if Dave's going to listen, but I would be yeah. very remiss if I didn't mention with the, with the other guys because I've trained with him uh, after I got a pro ball the last four or five years, and frankly, yeah. I've talked to you about Dave, but he's, he's – Yeah, yeah. Well. Yeah, yeah. That he's was another – yeah, there's another one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's helped me a ton. Um, I've learned a lot from him. We've done some great things the first five or six years of my career when I was – when I was with him, and he works from my agency, so we're still very close and talk all the time. I just obviously am living here now, so I don't get yeah. to train with him as much. But I just I went back, it was going through my mind to make sure I kind of mentioned everybody, and I, I would have been very upset with myself if I didn't mention Dave in that same breath with those guys that have kind of just kind of gotten me where I am, um, as well as sparked my interest and, and, and made me want to learn more about the training aspect and the diet and the nutrition aspect of it all. So that's just I wanted to throw that out. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I'm glad you did. Good. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad you did. I, I actually had that on my note to ask you. We just I didn't get to. So I'm glad you brought yeah. it back up. And uh, I'm actually glad you did. And we'll kind of get close to wrapping the show up on this. But like, there's a lot of ego in our in our field. And you know, kind of one of the things that one of our underlying goals of the show is to try to help eliminate that because like we all we all work together for the betterment of our athletes and clients and. You know, so it's awesome. Like they've they've done an awesome job with you. you. Told me a little bit about what they do, and you know, we have a lot of similar theories and beliefs. And maybe one day, uh, you know, we can all connect or even have him on the show one day and hear about his processes yeah, and theories because sure. he works with a lot of our former guys too. Yep. So it's yep. just cool to make all those connections, man. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, well, that's uh, that's pretty much the show, guys. Uh, you know, it's uh, it's been great. We Brent, we still got a couple of days to fine tune everything, and uh, before you head out for spring training and. You know, I want to remind everybody that uh, there is a fee for the show, guys, and that fee is, you know, we ask that you share the show. If you got value out of it, if you felt like you learned something from us, if you think Brent, you know, shares some good information, if if it's going to help you in your career, you know, regardless of what level you're on, share the show, please, so we can continue to do this and get this information out because it's it's about building this community across our country and, and networking all these people and hearing their stories and you know, just, it's all, it's about us winning and being better, like as a, as a community and a country. And so share the show guys. That's the fee. Um, Brent brother, it's a pleasure as always. I will see you in the morning. Um, it's been great. Chris, 
I'll see you soon, buddy. And uh, yeah, Mandy, I'll see you here in a Thank second. We guys. turn this thing off. <laughs> so. <I'm> right here. <laughs> All right, show, show, guys. Th- thanks, Brent. See you.